Hi, welcome to the Core Church Podcast. Our vision is to experience Christ's heart and to share his heart with others. Ready to learn more about him? Let's dive into this week's message. Second Samuel. This has nothing to do with the message. I just want to share my weekly, what I go through. Second Samuel, chapter 22, verse 26. <clears throat> to the faithful you show yourself faithful. To the blameless you show yourself blameless. And to the pure you show yourself pure. So I was, I was praying with our prayer team at church. And we were praying for a show yourself Sunday. I can't believe that Jesus would love to reveal himself to you in a brand new way. He would love to reveal himself to me in a brand new way today. Someone say, show yourself. He's ready to reveal himself to you. Are you all expecting in this place to receive from him something fresh and brand new? Your heart posture. What happens right here, right now? I want him to show himself. Enemy, I stand against any distraction today. If you think that you have any place in this service, you try distracting us with the plans for this week, you try distracting us with text messages right now, we're zoning in on the word of God right here, right now. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. I'm telling you, I've been in the seats. I know what it feels like. It's like the distractions hit heavy right here, right now. He wants to pull your attention away from receiving the word of God, knowing that it's going to save you and set you right. It's in this very minute that the enemy wants to do everything he can to stop you from receiving. Not today. Sister Erica, you're amazing. So uh, again, I'll give you guys a chance. Go to John chapter 2. Go ahead and get your books ready. Get your books ready. We're not going there right now just yet. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. John, John chapter 2. John chapter 2. Go ahead, get your books ready. Who's got their books with them? Hey. I'm paperback saved. Get your books. If you're a believer and you don't have a book, I will personally get you a book from the cafe. Nice leather bound, nice and crispy. The pages smell good. I'll get you a new book. Mm. Yeah. Y'all ready, church? I am I'm ecstatic. We're in a new series. We wrapped up last week, The Good Soil, and we're in a new series titled, I'm Here. Someone say, I'm here. Yeah, say it with some aggression. Say it like you mean it. I'm here. And it's, and it's different now. It's different now. It's different now. I'm here and 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 it's different now. I'm here. Yeah, it's different now. I'm here. This series is all about the fact that where you step your foot there the presence of God is. And it's not about, oh, I'm cool and I'm awesome and I'm, and I'm powerful. No, it's about the power that's within you that you carry every place that you go. So you're here and it's different now. You walk into your family, walk into their home. They don't know the way, the truth, and the life. They're in chaos. You're here, and there's peace now. 
Your company is really struggling right now. Economy is really bad. You know what's a blessing to them? You're here, and it's different now. It's different. It's different. That friend that's been struggling with addiction, you go and you sit on their couch across from them. You're there, and it's different now. There's victory. I'm here, and it's different now. I'm here. It's different now. Sounds arrogant, but it's just confidence. It's knowing who's inside of you. That's why it's different now. And if anything, from this series, I just pray that you realize who is in you. Pray that you know who is in you. Where Jesus walked, everything began to change. Did you know that, church? He would step foot in the town and things started getting wild and crazy. Some of the religious Pharisees didn't like where he stepped. Everyone else was flocking to him by the thousands. It was the great, he was the world's greatest disruptor. Where he stepped foot, it was different. I'm going to show you an example. Matthew chapter 9 puts it like this. He goes and he starts praying for these people who are mute and deaf and they can't speak or, or share what's on their heart. And all of a sudden he goes and he speaks a word. Demon, you got to get out of here. And when the demon was driven out, the man who had been mute spoke. And look at what the crowd said. The crowd was amazed and said, nothing like this has ever been seen in Israel. It's different. That's a different dude. And I bet you... <laughs> There wasn't the greatest, like, theological explanation following this moment. It's not like they paused. Let me explain exactly what's going on here. No. He just cast this demon out, and everyone's like, whoa, we're going to follow this guy. It's different. It's different. But I wish Jesus was here. Don't you? It'd be so much easier. Yeah, 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 yeah. But let me give you a little bit of theology real quick. Obviously, Jesus ain't here on earth walking amongst us right now. Christ no longer walks amongst us. Someone say, bummer. Bomber. Well, where is he, Nick? Is he in here? Yeah, absolutely. Theologically speaking, though, I want to teach you something real quick. Hebrews chapter 1 puts it like this. The sun is the radiance. Oh, my gosh. He is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. When you see Jesus, you see God. The exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. Oh, my. Okay. After he provided purification for sins, where did he go, church? He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he's not here right now. He no longer walks amongst us. He was sitting down with his disciples before he was about to go to the cross at this place called the Last Supper. You've probably seen the picture, all right? I'm going to get a tattoo of it one day. Okay. And so he's sitting down with his disciples, and he says, hey, I'm about to go. And they start panicking. No, 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 no. You cannot leave us. We want to be wherever you are. I am going to be with you wherever you are. And it's actually better for me that I leave because something is coming. Church, to those who are faithful, we walk with him. Did you know that? Those who are faithful actually walk with Jesus. The Holy Spirit, someone say the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is in you. Really? Yeah. If you confess and believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and Savior, that he came down to earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross and rose again from the grave, you've been set free from the bondage and the slavery of sin. And now you've been given two things, eternity in heaven. Someone say amen. And a deposit guaranteeing what is yet to come called the Holy Spirit. And so Paul asked this question. 
And I think it's a really great question that he asked it because I'm going to ask the same thing of you. Do you not know? Do you not know? Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? That it resides within you? Joe Leo, when you wake up, do you know that the Holy Spirit is within you? Jennifer, do you know that when you wake up, the Holy Spirit is in you? Wow. If you knew that the Holy Spirit was in you, your days would look different. Holy Spirit is in you. Who is who is in you? Whom you've received from God. Who, whom? Good job, book. Okay, you are not your own. You were bought at a price. The Holy Spirit is within you, church. If you confess and you believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, you receive this deposit, guaranteeing what is yet to come. God is within you. So that way when he says in the promises way back in the book, he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You can take it to the bank because he's actually right here. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. He's true to every promise. And so with that being said, church, and this is the whole point of the series, wherever we go, he is there. I'm here and it's different now. Someone say it. I'm here and it's different now. It's different now. I'm here. It's different now. The Holy Spirit is here. It's different now. It's different. It's different. Let me show you what the Holy Spirit does. Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You will receive power. Someone say power. When the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Wherever you step your foot, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. You are the carrier of God's presence. I don't live in your house. You'd be annoyed if I lived in your house. I wake up, I start screaming. Ah, I get excited. I don't live in your house, but you do. And you're the carrier of the presence of God. I don't go to your work, you do. You're a carrier of the presence of God. I don't know your family, you do. You carry the presence of God. I don't know who you hang out with, they're probably pretty cool. You carry the presence of God. You. To the ends of the earth. Amen, church? And so I want to talk about some things real quick because we have some topics to cover. Where, your step, where you step your foot, there's going to be victory, there's going to be peace, there's going to be blessing. We're going to cover all of these things. But first, I want to show you how Jesus walked. Jesus attended an ordinary wedding and walked with extraordinary power. Jesus attended an ordinary wedding. That's what we're going to be talking about today. If you've got your books out, taking notes, we're going to look at the fact that Jesus attended a wedding and operated with extraordinary power. The wedding was different. This was a different type of wedding. John chapter 2, 10 through 11. Look at what it speaks of about this wedding. Everyone brings out the choice. This is the master of ceremonies. He takes a little sip of this wine. He's like, oh my gosh, this is great. He tastes this wine. Oh my gosh, it's great. We were out of wine, but you, you brought out the best for, for last. That's incredible. Everyone brings out the choice wine first and then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. You know, because then you can't tell the difference at that point. It don't really matter. It all tastes good. But you've saved the best till now. And what Jesus did here, I'm here. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first of the signs through which he revealed his glory and his disciples believed in him. Not even a wedding. You just go, you show up, the nice guy says some nice things to these couple. They're so madly in love. Sometimes you can't hear their vows because they're like all emotional. 
And then you all go, hey, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we clap, and then you go, and you get the hors d'oeuvres, and you have a nice, wonderful time. Normal. This is different wherever he stepped his foot. So that's what I want to talk about today. I can't wait. I can't wait to show you. But if you're sitting here, and I'm saying these words, I'm here, and it's different now. I know that there might be some people saying, no, it's not. If I had to be honest, I think a lot of believers who have the authority to trample on the head of snakes actually don't believe that they have that authority. Believers who have promised blessings and goodness over their life don't actually walk in it. That have received gifts to serve to serve people actually don't believe that they have gifts. One of the things that I hear all the time is, I can't do anything. You ever said that? That's a lie straight from the enemy. Many people have had many reasons to not live up to the extraordinary call that is on their life. In fact, more often than not, we are the ones that count ourselves out. We sweep out our own legs as God calls us to something great. He can't use me. Y'all saw the picture last week at church. He uses me. That goofy hair, cookie monster wearing hat, what? Now I have a microphone thing. I don't know. How? Some of us really do believe that he can't use us. My family's always been this way. I can't put the bottle down. Generation upon generation, we've struggled with wealth. I'll never be, I'll never be affluent. I won't get the right job. Oh, Nick, you're asking me to pray in church? I get so nervous, I can't do that. There's like so many times that we get this call and we say no. <laughs> before we even start walking. We count ourselves out. We look at everything that goes on and say, no way I can do it. I'm going to give you Bible examples because I'm not about a TED Talk. Let me show you that people within the Word of God experience the same thing. Moses received an incredible, God, or incredible call of God to go and set the nation of Israel free. Listen to what he says. He says this to a bush that is on fire. That's clearly God. Moses said to the Lord, excuse me, I know you're calling me to do this. Pardon your servant, Lord. I've never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have, <laughs> since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. I can't physically do this, God. I'm not smart enough to do this, God. I don't talk perfect, God. I cannot tell you how many times people feel the urge to pray yet shut their mouth because the enemy convinces them that they can't do it. And how many miracles and how many blessings have you missed out because the enemy told you you can't. When I see a Jesus who is totally okay with you and your natural self. I've been in prayer room where people who don't necessarily even know the word yet just go up and be transparent before God and it moves more than any prayer I've ever said. Oh, I can't do it. I can't even speak right. That's a lie. So maybe you have physical ailments. 
Maybe you have limited restrictions. Who knows what it is that's on your heart that you might use an excuse to say, no, nah, I can't do this. Great, I'll keep going. 1 Samuel 16 is the story about the anointing of young David. Go ahead, put this up here. Samuel gets this call by God to go and anoint the next king. Jesse, his own dad, brings out all the handsome young men. He starts with the oldest. Surely this is the one that's going to be awesome and going to be the king. Boom, 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 boom. Goes down the whole line, neglecting David out in the field. Jesse had seven sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, the Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, are, all, are, are these all the sons you have? They're still the youngest. So many of us count ourselves out because of age. Oh, I can't. I'm, I'm too young. You know how intimidating. Let me tell you something. Uh, just honest pastoral talk. You know how intimidating it is to be 29. I just had my birthday. 29 years old. To have an honest and open conversation with some amazing man like Tim who has more wisdom, more experience than I do. I can easily say, no, I can't do it. I can easily say, nope, I'm not going to do it. Mm -mm. And some of us, oh, I might, I might be a little bit old for that. No, you're not. Go down to the missions trip and get on the roof. Watch what happens to your life. Mm. Even if you don't get on the roof. Or the kitchen, that's right. Age? What? Third person. There's this guy named Joseph. Someone say Joseph. These are, this is about circumstances that you can't control. He was faithful and he told his brothers. He, he kind of was a fool. He said, hey guys, I'm going to rule over all y'all. They were like, no you ain't. They kick him out, sell him into slavery. And he ends up in this house, Potiphar's house. Go ahead, Genesis 39. Put this up here. He ends up in Potiphar's house. And he's just serving faithfully, taken away from his family, sold into slavery. You would think you would give up at this point, right? No, he continues to remain faithful. And then all of a sudden, the wife lies, forms some, some deceit here because he didn't want to engage with her. And she told her husband. And her husband's like, hey, I'm pretty upset. Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. And so he took Joseph and threw him in prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained. I didn't put it up there on purpose. But do you know the line right after that is that God was still with him and, and faithful to him? In prison. You might be experiencing circumstances right now that are out of your control that make you want to give up. I just got released from my job. I'm just done. I'm just done. I'm trying. Nope. I'm fighting over and over again with my spouse. I don't know what's wrong. I don't know what's wrong with Emmy. Oh my gosh. I love you, babe. Circumstances that are out of your control. I just got in a car accident. Now I gotta go find a new. And there's circumstances that are out of our control that we can't always navigate to ourselves. He could easily go into prison and quit, but he remained faithful, interpreted dreams through the Spirit of God, and rose all the way into Pharaoh's favor. It's different. It actually said the way that he operated in the jail was so different that the warden made him leader over all the inmates. I'm here. It's different now. Good. Let me keep going. There's sometimes where people have a call on their life and they have zero equipment to do it. So Nehemiah sees that his nation has been burned down. The walls church, keep tracking with me because I'm trying to nail out every excuse that you and I possibly make. So he goes and he says, I see that my nation, I receive a call that I need to build a wall. Do you know what Nehemiah's job was? Cupbearer. 
does a cupbearer know about building a wall? I don't know, but he's going to go do it. Go ahead, next one, Nehemiah chapter 2. Put this up here, please. The king said to me, what is it that you want, Nehemiah? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king. If it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. A cupbearer becomes a contractor. Has no right building a wall, but he did it. Probably broke code and everything. Don't matter. Put that stone right there. Okay, cool. You don't have that gifting. You don't have that talent. Go ahead and do it. Do it. If you're called to it, do it. Last one, let me speak about Jesus himself. There's just going to be people who are haters of the call of God on your life. Can I tell you that most often it is those closest to you. I've had my own family question what I do as a profession. Why would you waste your time with that, Nick? Thank you. Appreciate it. So Jesus is going to his hometown. He's healing and preaching and talking about the kingdom of God. And all these miracles are happening. And then something starts to change. They start to remember who Jesus was. Ugh. Where did these men, go ahead, put this up here, Mark chapter 6. Where did this man get these things, they asked. What is this wisdom that's been given to him? What are the remarkable signs and miracles that he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? There's just going to be people who doubt you. There's going to be people who want to have a say in your life that try to discourage you. There's going to be people who are rational. God calls us to irrational things all the time. All the time. No, you can't do that. So which one of these five are you that you've disqualified yourself from doing? Moses, the physical impalement or ailment. <laughs> That's pretty terrible. Joseph, the one who's put in jail and didn't deserve it. Nehemiah, the unskilled wall builder that goes and builds a wall. Jesus, the doubted. David, the one who was too young. Which one are you? And what excuse have you given yourself? Because you think about these things and then you ask this question of yourself. You get here on a Sunday and Nick Miller's all excited and hype and everyone starts, we all get excited. I'm here. Rah. And then you sit in your chair and you think about it for a minute and you ask this question. Can Christ really use me to make a difference? Nope, put that back up please. Can Christ really use me to make a difference? if you're not skilled today. I don't know if you're not skilled. I don't know if you have some physical ailment. I don't know if you're just doubting yourself. I don't know if you're too young, too old. I don't care. I don't care. If God, if God has called you to it, wherever you step your foot, you operate with power. You don't say no to the call. I'm here. I'm here. So Jesus, go ahead. You can open up your books. John chapter 2. You already got it there. Great job, church. You did it. Jesus shows us that there is purpose and power, heavenly power and purpose in every step that you take. So let me read it really quick. Good, 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 good. Uh, this is uh, John chapter 2, verse 1. 
And I'm going to read it quick because this is sometimes what happens whenever we read the Word of God. We go through, oh, Nick, I've read John chapter, I've read the Gospels seven times now. I've been there, done that, watched it on The Chosen. Hoorah, very cool. Okay, here we go. So, on the third day, a wedding took place in Canaan and Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples had been invited to the wedding. The wine was gone, and his mother said, they have no more. Dear woman, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my time has not yet come. His mother said to his servants, do whatever he tells you. Nearby stood six jars, and the king, uh, the kind used for ceremonial washing, each holding 20 to 30 gallons. Jesus said to the servants, fill them, fill them with water. Fill the jars with water. And so they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some, take it out to the master of the banquet. And they do so, and it's wine. Someone say amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. We get so excited. Did you miss what happened? Did you catch it? No, seriously, do you know what just happened in that specific portion of Scripture? So sometimes we focus when we read the Word of God. I want to show you how much power is in each and every step, church. Sometimes we focus on the miracle at the end. We read the Word and we're like, oh, this is awesome. I'm here to tell you that there is detail that Jesus walked in and every step that he took was filled with heavenly purpose. We look at this miracle. He did it. He turned water. He turned into wine. He did it. Yes. And we miss out on all of the heavenly details in every step. Church, can I read it for you again and can we slow down? Let's read it again. John chapter 2. Go ahead. Put this up here, Brother Deanold. On the third day, someone say third day. You know of any other third days? You see the detail already in word number one here. On the third day, a wedding, someone say a wedding. A wedding took place at Cana in Galilee. Jesus' mother was there, and Jesus and his disciples have been invited to the wedding too. Someone say, on the third day. On the third day. Church, what is a wedding? Say it again. It's a covenant. Really? Okay, put this up here. On the third day, Jesus was at an event celebrating a new covenant. Anyone know what Jesus did? Established a new covenant? (laughs) So when the wine was gone, Jesus' mother had said to him, they have no more wine. When when they made the sacrifice and then they sinned again, were they still clean? The sacrifice lasted a moment when they made themselves clean according to Jewish tradition. So they're saying they have no more wine. In other words, the blood isn't applied. We've become unclean again. We've become unclean again. Guys, are you all seeing this? It's detail in every single step. Jesus' mother said to him, they have no more wine. Woman, why do you involve me? I love that. Oh, my gosh. Mom, I'm going to call you woman. <laughs> uh, why do you involve me? Jesus replied, my hour has not yet come. She just didn't care. <laughs> she said, do whatever he tells you. Go ahead, put this up here. Go ahead, put this up here. Story goes on. His mother said to the servants, just do whatever he tells you. So nearby stood six jars. Someone say six jars. Interesting. The kind used by the Jews for ceremonial washing. 
the design, they were designed, they were rock. They were made out of rock, fashioned out of rock so that they could not be um, tainted by anything else. And so they would pour these, this water in these jars and it would be used for ceremonial cleaning when you had sinned. That's what all the pots and the pans in the world, all the other cups that you got. Why didn't he just use other cups there? No, he said use these jars right over in this closet over here that are used for ceremonial cleaning. Each holding 20 to 30 gallons. So Jesus picked up jars. Put this, put this down, please. Write this down. This is all the detail that's so powerful. So they had run out of wine. They, they had run out of that which would cover them. They were clean no more. And he picked up jars that were used in cleansing ceremonies to make the believer clean. All the pots and pans in the world. Every other option that you could have picked. You pick these jars. There's heavenly detail in every step, church. And so Jesus said to the servants, fill the jars with water. So they filled them to the brim. Then he told them, now draw some out and take it to the master of the banquet. They did so, and the master of the banquet tasted the water that had been turned into wine. So these ceremonial cleaning jars were not just filled with water, it was filled with wine. Go ahead, put this up here. At the Last Supper, what did the wine represent? It's the blood of Jesus. There's heavenly detail, heavenly purpose in every step that Jesus took. And I believe that there can be heavenly detail in every step you take as well. So here he is, third day of an event celebrating a new covenant. The wine or the cleanliness has washed off and now they need new wine. And so he picks up ceremonial jars used for cleaning and now it's filled with wine or the blood of the new covenant. Am I the only one blown away? So then he did not realize, the master of the ceremonies did not realize where it had come from. Though the servants who had drawn the water knew. They were like, yeah, this dude's crazy awesome. That guy. Then he called the bridegroom aside and said, everyone brings out the choice wine first. And then the cheaper wine after the guests have had too much to drink. But you've saved the best until now. Wait, this wine was not just for the master of the banquet though. This wine was given to all. It was given to all in attendance. All who would say, fill my cup, please. It was made available to everyone. Not just some little group of super religious people. Not some group of perfect people. Not some people, not some group of people who are on the inside of things. No, no, no. This was made available to all. Someone say all. This is crazy. And so what Jesus did here, go ahead, put this up here. What Jesus did here in Cana of Galilee was the first signs, first of the signs through which he revealed his glory. And his disciples believed in him. After this, he went down to Capernaum with his mother and his brothers and his disciples. There they stayed a few days. This is not an ordinary wedding, church. Let me tell you what really happened here. His ministry began with a model of how his ministry would end. God cares about every single detail and has made it purpose-filled and heavenly and divine. 
And sometimes we just wander through our days like nothing is going to happen. This was an average ordinary wedding that invited Jesus, but no, no, no. It was (laughs) the wedding got to have him there. might think that you're an average ordinary dad but no your children get to call you father you might think that you're low on the totem pole in your place of work but no they get to have you as an employee when you start walking like this with power and divine purpose in every step it's different now So let me tell you, he began his ministry with a motto of how his ministry would end. Let me make it plain and simple for you. On the third day of an event establishing a new covenant, Jesus used ceremonial cleansing jars filled with wine to serve all that were welcome. And you tell me that your Monday doesn't matter? You tell me that nothing can happen in your home, that it's just done, over? Really? He just attended an ordinary wedding. Y'all see this, church? Hmm. Hmm. The wedding got to have him there. The wedding got to have him there. I believe that wherever you step your foot, there's going to be extraordinary power because the same power that conquered the grave lives in you. In you. That Jesus who turned an ordinary wedding and made it extraordinary, that same power lives in you. You. And so I have a couple thoughts. If you feel today that your days aren't extraordinary, that it doesn't really matter much, that things aren't really going to happen, i got to teach you a little bit of things real quick. Our days will be filled with the extraordinary when you realize a couple things. First one is this, is that Christ has a plan for every step. Your days will be extraordinary when you realize that Christ has a plan for every step that you take. I can, oh my goodness, I can talk about it like, um, I love preaching about my kiddos because they're, it's, you understand more of the Father's heart. And so I have a choice when Warren acts out or when things get tough with Warren, I have a choice to just react or I can find the heavenly purpose in this engagement right now. I can say, Warren, you go in timeout. Or he'll still put him in timeout, but I can teach him something. I can still walk with him through learning how these things go. And it's a divine teaching moment for him. Warren, we honor. And imagine if a five-year-old understands what honor is, how that's going to change the course of his life. This isn't just a timeout moment. No, this is a heavenly inspired. This is a moment where things can change. You think think that you serve on a Sunday and you're, quote, just a greeter? You get to make the first impression and welcome someone into church who has never stepped foot in a church before. And you're the first face that they see. And the impression could be, "Mm, I don't really care. And, you know, I'm just doing my job. Do your job. Or it can be the most heavenly encounter that someone needs to have today. Because I've found in church that I remember more what it felt like and what the community feels like than the exact words on this page. And that's why each and every position here at church is so vitally important to the body. 
He has a plan for every step. You're not just a greeter. You've, you get the opportunity and we get to have you here. So he has a plan for every step. Let me show you. You might think we can try making all our plans. Go ahead. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. Trumped. You might think you're going left, buddy. Nope. Oh, we can try, and, and, and we can try being planners all we want. Do we have any big-time planners love to be in control of our, Yeah, okay, yeah. Me, I'm kind of the opposite. I'm like, ah, oh, what's today have in store? Well, I need a little bit more help. The Lord determines our steps. You can make many plans, but the Lord's purpose will prevail, period. He has a plan for every step. The purpose for this wedding was that he would model what is yet to come. He could have just sat there, did a little jig, had a nice time, and walked home. No, there was purpose behind this wedding. There's purpose, and his purpose will prevail. The Lord directs our steps. And so this is so huge. Why do we try to understand everything along the way? Hmm. There's going to be things that Jesus calls you to do that you will not understand. There are going to be things that Jesus calls you to do that are completely out of your comfort zone. There's going to be things that Jesus asks you to do when you are tired, but yet you need to keep going. And it doesn't make sense to move right now, and it doesn't make sense to do right now, but I'm going to do it, and I don't need to understand why. Paul literally says, he says, uh, I have to go to Jerusalem, and... Uh, I'll tell you, I'll probably never see you again. I don't know what awaits me. All I know is that the Holy Spirit says that trouble is coming. Well, I'm just going to go. I'm just going to go. I don't need to have all the details. Make sure I at least have some food, you know. But I'll just go. I'll go and we'll figure it out. Church, he has a plan for every step you take, amen? He has a plan. Secondly is this. You will walk with extraordinary power when you realize that Christ is speaking to us in every step. Hmm. So, uh, everyone say, hi, Todd. Do you know what Todd's position is today? You say, piano player. That's not true. Todd's position is the music director. And you don't hear it, but do you see that microphone that he has? Do you see that microphone that he has? I want to give you a picture of how the Spirit operates. I'm moving around doing my jumping thing. Ah, I'm screaming and singing, right? Do you know that he tells me everything to do? Josh, can you do this? Can you unmute his microphone so that way everyone can hear what Todd says? Todd, can you tell me? Say, go to the chorus. Rich and four, five, six. That's what he tells me. You don't hear it, but I got these things right here. And my ear is tuned in. He is the loud, if you saw my, my mix, he is the loudest person in my mix. I make it very intentional that I turn him up so that when he tells me to go to the bridge, I don't flubber around and mess up everything. He tells me where to go. And then there's this thing called a metronome or a click. And it tells me to stay on time. So that way I don't miss my beat. 
That's the relationship that we have in the Holy Spirit. We walk and we navigate and we go through this journey and this thing is whispering to us only if you would tune in your ear for a minute. He's not going to, Todd doesn't knock me off my feet. Nick, go to the chorus. He doesn't do that. He goes, chorus, two, three, four. In fact, his job is done best if he stays calm, not panic. Yeah, Todd. <laughs> Todd leads the way. Todd tells me where to go. Todd tells me to go to the chorus, to die down, bring it down, go up, scream, whatever it is. Nick, go ahead. He tells me what to do the whole way through the worship set. Christ is speaking to us in every step. Can you please put your ear in and listen to it? When he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. We're going to the chorus. Two, three, four. Are you listening? Because if you take this earpiece out, I now cannot hear Todd, and we're just floating. Good luck. That's when I get yelled at. your earpiece in? Are you tuned in? Turning it up. Let me tell you something. The other thing is, is that if you don't know or aren't hearing what he's saying, when you read this, it gives clarity more so to what he's saying. You will learn. He's telling you to go pray. He's telling you to be generous. He's telling you to be strong and stand firm. He's telling you. He's giving you discernment. Oh, that's, that's the enemy right there. You better tell him. But we need to have the earpiece in, church. You need to listen. So many of us take it out. And we miss out on the power in every step. This whole team, if everyone takes out their earpiece, we are an absolute mess. Mess. Can you put it in today? Can you listen? Amen? He's speaking. He wants to show you. Please tune in. Tune in and see what is happening. Sometimes you need to quiet yourself. Sometimes you need to slow down. But he's constantly speaking, just like this guy is directing the music. Third thing is this. If you want to walk with extraordinary power, third thing I think that you need to realize is this, that Christ is with you in every step. It might sound similar, but let me tell you something. It's one thing to have a phone call and be like, oh, Nick, you're awesome. You're doing great. Keep it up, buddy. But when, I, and I've had, oh, my goodness. Let me tell you something. So I, I, I there's, there's. Uh, a special person, my pastor, his name is Pastor Rob. Say, what up, Pastor Rob? I love Pastor Rob. And sometimes I get a phone call with him, and he encourages me, and I'm ready to go. Yes, let's go. Can I tell you that when I'm in Pastor Rob's presence, I feel different. Because I can feel his spiritual authority. I can feel the weight behind. I actually feel safe in his presence. I mean, not only is he a spiritual giant, but he's like six foot three. He just, right out. I feel safe under my covering. I feel safe as I walk with him. When I get the opportunity to sit down and have a dinner with him, my life, every bit of worry, every bit of anxiety that I have, every bit of confusion stops. And if that's just from a man, imagine walking with God. Christ is with you in every step. The power that
that conquer the grave is with you in every step. The enemy threw everything he had at him and still lost. He's undefeated. And he's with you right now. John chapter 14 says it like this. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper to be with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him for he dwells with you and will be in you. So the Spirit isn't some like ethereal floating thingy. No, the Holy Spirit, He, someone say He, He is in you, in you. And so wherever you step, just like when Pastor Rob is around for me, oh, I feel strong. Wherever you step, you have the greatest authority. You have the most powerful creator. You have the God of all things who sustains all things. You have that presence in you. Amen, church. So it's different now. I got the, the dude with the biggest flex in the world in me. Oh, walk with that power. Walk with that power. He's with you. And then li lastly, you will walk with power when you understand that Christ empowers our every step. So not only is the, the, the creator of all earth with you, not only is he speaking to you, but now he empowers you. In other words, you have a different strength. You have a different mode of operation. It's not just Jesus doing all the fighting. Now you've been given authority to trample on the head of snakes. You have that power. It's not just Jesus, but it is Jesus through you that that happens. You've received extraordinary, heavenly power that's different now. It's different. And I'll share the same scripture that I shared before. It's one of my favorite. Acts chapter 1. You will receive power. Someone say power. Say power like you mean it. Power. Yes. The church is not weak. The church isn't weak. I'm sick, I'm sick of church being like, meek and mild, we just bow to everything. No, we have the power. We are the strong ones. We're the authority. We have the victory. We're the ones on top. We're the head, not the tail. We have power. And so many of us don't walk with it. You have the power of Jesus in you. The Holy Spirit comes and he gives you power. So that way you can do all he's called you to do. I said it before. There is, there is um, when God gives you a commandment, he doesn't give you a command, yet leave you powerless to do it. That would be silly. Let me give you a picture. Nick Miller doesn't go to Warren, my son. I don't go to my son and say, cut the grass. No lawnmower. That doesn't make sense. I'm going to give Warren a lawnmower so that he can go and achieve the goal that's before him. And so you have a goal to be witnesses to the ends of the earth, to go and spread the gospel to all nations, and he's going to empower you with that gift. So when you realize that you have power, it's different. He's empowered you to do it. And sometimes we don't trust ourselves. Sometimes we, we are timid and we're not sure. I had this conversation with... Uh, brother Mike who's serving in kids today, I told him this, I'd rather you take a shot and miss than to just sit back and doubt the power of God in your life. 
oh, I wasn't supposed to pray for that person. That's all right. You took a shot and missed. I'd rather you try to operate in power than to sit back in the chair and not say anything. You have power. Hmm. So tomorrow, every step you take, it's up to you. You can find that it's filled with heavenly and divine purpose and power. Or you can just cruise through Monday like nothing happened. Huh? Start today. I love it. Tomorrow you now have the opportunity. We're going to talk about this for the next few weeks. Tomorrow you now have the opportunity to wake up and to say, I'm here. Someone say it. I'm here. And it's different now. It's different now. It's different now. It's different now. And it's not arrogance. No. No. It's confidence. Oh, I'll give you a little nugget. Yeah, it's a bonus and I didn't even plan for it. What is confidence and where does it come from? Confidence comes from, write this down, please. Confidence comes from demonstrated ability. Confidence comes from demonstrated ability. Here's where he demonstrates all of his ability. That's when you start walking with confidence. When you see him cast out demons, that's when you start walking with confidence. When you see him start to raise the dead to life, that's when you start walking with confidence. When you see him feed 5,000 people, that's when you start walking with confidence. Wait, that's all about Jesus. Let me tell you a little bit about the disciples. When you see Philip cast out that demon in that person, that's when you start walking with confidence. When you see Peter and John pick someone up at that gate, that's when you start walking with confidence. It's not in yourself. Look at this demonstrated ability and you'll walk with confidence tomorrow. Let's pray. I'm here and it's different now. Jesus, you're here and it's different now. And every person in this room, I pray that we receive something today. That we would walk with the authority that you've given us. Jesus, thank you that you showed us that we have power in each and every step that we take. And not for our own gain and not for our arrogance, but God, for spreading your mission, your kingdom, and for spreading the gospel to the ends of the earth. Doing what we've been called to do. I pray that we walk in the extraordinary. That we would have the boldness to say, I am here and it is different now. Thank you that you modeled what it looks like for us to walk with power in each and every step. Thank you, Jesus, that you don't just leave us wandering, but you direct our plans. You make them straight. You speak to us in every step. You walk with us and you empower us to do the mission at hand. Thank you, God. With your heads bowed, I want to pray for one more group of people. If you're sitting here and you're saying, Nick, this sounds too good to be true. I want to tell you, it is true. And when Jesus came to earth, everything was different. You see, the, the sin of man, all the way back to Adam and Eve, when we sinned, we were separated from God and we lost our way. And this, the result of this sin was death. We could no longer be with him. And so instead of looking at all creation, God God said, instead of looking at you and, and hating on you, he said, I have compassion towards you and I will do anything to reconcile you to myself. 
to make things right, to make things whole, to give you the hope that you need, and to bring you back into my presence. But here's how it's going to go down. You try making sacrifices for yourself. You try making yourself clean, and it lasts maybe for a minute, but then you go back on to sinning. And so what I'm going to do, and Jesus said yes to this, I'm going to send my son to be the perfect sacrifice once and for all so that you may find life, and it may be different now. Not just different now, but different for all eternity. For our course was one that was going towards hell, but now our course is different and we're going to be with the Heavenly Father forever and ever. Today, you couldn't earn that. You don't deserve it. But Jesus made himself available and he has re reconciled this relationship and all you simply have to do, you don't have to give money, you don't have to be in perfect attendance, you don't have to be the smartest person in the world, you don't need to be brilliant, you don't need to be perfect. All you simply need to do is have faith and believe that Jesus Christ came to earth, died and rose again to set you free and it says in Romans, you will be saved. So if you're ready to walk the different life today, and you've never given your life to Jesus. Today is a great opportunity. Believers are praying for you right now. Don't look around. Don't worry about who's to the left or to the right. This is between you and him. If you're ready for the different life, you're ready to walk with him for the rest of your days. On the count of three, I want you to raise your hand. Not, not, it's not in raising your hand that you're saved, but it's an outward way of saying, Nick, I do believe and I want to give him my life. Does anyone need to make that decision? One. Two, it's the best decision you'll ever make. Three, does anyone want to give their life to Jesus today? Anyone want to give their life to him? I see that hand. That's awesome. Anyone else want to make that decision today? Anyone else? Anyone else? So good. So good. You can put your hand down. If you made that decision, say this from the bottom of your heart. Jesus, I believe that you died and rose again to set me free. And so I turn away from my old life. I repent of my past and I step into everything that you have for me. I give you my life. Have my heart. Have my way for the rest of the days. I am ready. I am ready for this new journey, this different journey with you all the way to the very end. Someone say amen in the house. Lift up a shout of praise for those who made that decision. Say it with me. I'm here, and it's different now. Can we just worship him in this place? Come on, let's stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for listening to this week's message. We hope you are able to draw closer to him today and can walk away with a deeper knowledge of his word. At CORE, we believe you aren't meant to do life alone. Visit us at corechurch.com to learn more about how to get involved with our community through serving opportunities and our weekly events.